word of prayer and then we can um, get into the word. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, I thank you that you brought us all here on your Sabbath day. I pray that as we go through this study now that you can speak through all our mouths and speak to our hearts, um, give us your Holy Spirit so that we can learn um, and, and make changes when necessary. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. So who saw the title on the um who saw the title on the group? Um literally about ten minutes ago. Alright, so Nathan, you should know you should know what story we're going to, right? You especially. Um there are no twins in the Bible. There's no twins in the Bible. The twins wow. in the Bible. That's what we're. That's what we're gonna I'm find. Joking, out. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm <laughs> joking. Um, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. We're going. I'm trying to claim that for his own. Esau and Jacob. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's where we're going. All right. So, um, Genesis 25. If we could go there. Genesis chapter 25, and we're gonna pick up the story at verse 19. Genesis twenty five nineteen, right. So, just before we get to the birth of Esau and Jacob, what is kind of happening in the Bible at this point? Okay, now someone remind me. Um, is it Abraham? It's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's the that's the genealogy. Yeah? That is the genealogy. Yeah. Okay. Among others, so, but yeah. Um. Yeah. So Isaac and Rebecca had a son, two sons actually. Right, but before we get to they had them having two sons, what's happened just before this? Um. Abraham <laughs> Abraham sent a servant to go collect a wife for his son and okay. he travelled a couple many days many nights and came across a beautiful desert flower called um, Rachel that's a beautiful and a beautiful desert flower Jacob, Jacob, I think Jacob, you mean Rebecca is it, is it, but yeah Jacob, Rebecca thank you thank you it's Isaac and Rachel but yeah, yeah. um and and um yeah you mean it's isaac and rebecca jacob and Rachel? listen I'm, I'm, I'm telling you it's all twisted we're, up in my head we're good we're good um, we're i'm good actually there. gonna i'm actually gonna stop there you <laughs> <laughs> yeah. all right so let's just say um we've just gone past abraham and isaac that story where he's going to offer him as a sacrifice and the, um, the angel stops him um and then you know, as Isaac's getting older, Abraham, he, he now wants a wife. So Isaac and Rebecca meet. They get married. Abraham, Sarah dies. Abraham gets remarried. Has more children. Um, and then we pick up the story, right, when now Rebecca and Isaac are uh, married and they're looking to have children, yeah? All right, cool. Let's read um, verse 19 to verse... Let's read from 19 to verse 23. 
did you say 19 to 23? Yeah, for now. Okay, mm-hmm. I'll start with the first two verses. Um, so Genesis 25, starting from verse 19. And these are the generations of Isaac, Abraham's son. And Abraham begat Isaac. And Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah to wife, the daughter of Bethuel, the Syrian, of Padanaram, the sister of Laban, the Syrian. And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord was entreated of him and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. And the children struggled together within her. And she said, if it be so, why am I thus? And she went in, and she went to inquire of the Lord. The Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. Cool. Right. So here's here's the basis of our story, right? This is um Reuben, we're 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 on um Genesis twenty five from nineteen to twenty three just then, right? So um, this is the basis for our story right here. So what's the first thing you guys notice? I'm referring mostly to 21. Verse 21. Um, She couldn't have no children. She couldn't have children, right? Rebecca couldn't have children. I don't know if it's me, but it seems like all these men of God, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob eventually, like, the the women that they want, the women that they get married to, seem to have struggled having children. And I don't know what the... I don't know what it is. I don't know the, 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 the moral to that. I don't know what it is, but, you know, and eventually all of them have children. It's, it's very strange. Um, but okay, so Rebecca can't have children, so Isaac prays to God and asks that she could have children. What happens next? Can I just drop a question in just around yeah. that? So, so, just what you said, Reese, actually, you know, I've just I've thought of it just now for the first time, obviously. Um, yeah, all of these people, especially around this promised seed as well. Yeah. Mm all these women that are the ones that are struggling to to actually be able to bear. But have we ever heard a story in the Bible where it's not kind of the barrenness is not attached to the women and it's attached to the male instead? Does that make sense? Because obviously that it sometimes comes from like the man's side. Yeah. I don't know of a story like that. I don't know if anyone else does. One else has. I mean, in all of these cases, these men had children with other women, other than, I believe, Isaac. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and so, you know, it would, like, in that case, it would have been the women, but I don't know of cases where it is the man. If anyone... Okay, know? well, to be no? fair, I don't want to do... So again, sorry. Okay, all right. So, okay, okay, cool, cool. All right, all right. So, so Rebecca's barren, as seems to be the 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 trend, right? 
Um, and Isaac prays to God to open her womb, essentially. And what happened? Rebecca was pregnant. Rebecca got pregnant. What did she get pregnant with? God's moral of the story, Doc. Mm, moral of the story. When you're praying for God for a bit to a baby, be careful because you might get two. That's mad. <laughs> right? <laughs> Holy IVF or, or whatever that would look like, right? So um so she she's now struggling with the children inside of her. She probably at this point doesn't know that they're they're twins, maybe she does. Um and she says, Why are they struggling inside of me? So she goes and prays to God herself. Um, to ask why, you know, there's a struggle inside of her. What does God say? There are two nations inside of you. Right, cool. And that's, that's, a, little right bit mild. that's a little bit profound. Can, yeah, can we just, can we just yeah, deep this for a second? Go ahead, go ahead. Now I'm just thinking, he did, God didn't say there's two babies inside of you. God said there's two nations inside of you. God separated them from them. And that's a little bit mad. Like, there, there was separation from them. Anyone else? Good, good point. Anyone else? Like, why is, this a, why is that a man's statement to say there's two nations inside of your womb? So a lot of people are mute right now. Like, you guys got you guys going to have to talk with me. Why is Ruben in the comments? Ruby, you have a mic. I'm sick of being cussed down. They might interfere. I don't like. It. Yeah. Um, it implies that both of the children are going to have legacy. Cool. It implies both of the children are going to have legacy, right? Yeah, and seeing that these are not just individuals; these are whole movements that are coming forth with her women. Yeah. Cool. Right. What I found was mad. Right, is that when we look at um, an abortion culture or um and people say you know baby like some people may say the babies are babies when they're born you know other people would say they're babies when they're conceived and all the things in between right god shows right here right from when they're in the womb he doesn't just say there's two babies in your stomach he doesn't say you're their two children they're going to be great children right he says there's two nations like this is it's not not only is it just the babies that are in, in there, but you have the, the potential for two nations in your womb right now. Like, if you're going to look after yourself and look after your babies, if that wasn't pressure enough, like, you've got the pressure now. There's two baby, there's two nations in your womb, right? Cool. And what else, does, what else does it say? What else was the promise? It's mad because we see God as a God of equality, don't we? And here it says, actually, that's not so. Um, one of the nations is going to be one of the, what does it say? Yeah, one of the people shall be stronger than the other people and the elder shall serve the younger. Cool, right? So, so, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just saying there's already disparity there. Already disparity, right? And And this is a prophecy, right? So God has told... And remember, she tells, he tells Rebecca, 
right? Because Rebecca is praying, God answers Rebecca's prayer with this answer. So God has told Rebecca that the, the younger, the older is going to serve the younger. Yeah, already. Right? Cool. We're going to continue. Let's go from 20, verse 24 to verse 28. And when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red all over like an hairy garment, and they called his name Esau. I just never have been able to get over that, the, the adjectives to, to, this, to describe this child. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. No. Anyway. Sorry. So he came out like a hairy garment. Oh, Esau, gets, he, he, Esau gets no respect in this story. <laughs> no, not at all. No, not at all. And it's a little bit mad how it's from now. The prophecy already said that the old is going to serve the younger. But, yeah. Hey. Uh, so what is that? This is verse... Um, 26. Verse 26. Okay, one second. All of a sudden, I'm in Exodus. Uh, 26, cool. <laughs> okay, guys. Uh, one sec. To Genesis so, 25. Listen, I, listen, I know, I know, I know. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's, it's a lot. Wait, hold on. In the meantime... In verse 24, <laughs> sorry, 25, it says he came out red all over. I'm just wondering, was Esau a redhead? Like, did he have ginger hair? Is that what we're getting to? That's, yeah, that's in my, that's in my mind, that, yeah. in my mind, you know, Esau was the first ginger. Wow. I mean, I don't know if it was the first, but he definitely was one, yeah. I've never seen that before. That's actually a vibe. But yeah, even for a baby to have hair all over them is, is a bit of a madness. I mean, a lot of babies don't even have hair on their head, let alone like all over, right? So already this is a bit of a madness, but yeah. Head from young. It's almost um, like a full grown man came up. Leprechaun. Sorry, I'm going to stop. Okay, so um, 26. Oh, 26, yeah. And after that came his brother out, and his hand took hold on Esau's heel, and his name was called Jacob. And Isaac was three score years old when she bare, when she bare them. Cool. So Isaac is sixty already when when um when they're born. What did what do you think Jacob's name? Um, which means Rebecca was probably barren for the first twenty years of their marriage. Just thrown out there because they they were married in uh, when um, Isaac was forty, and um, now they're conceiving when he's 60, right? Um, so what does Jacob's name mean? Supplanter. Supplanter. You go you gotta bring that out a bit more, Mike. You know, um someone that or something that takes the place of another person wrongfully. Right, so, so it takes yeah. right, like that. takes the place of a, of someone wrongfully, right? Well, yeah. Cool. Like you can imagine, you, 
he was named Jacob because he was seen grabbing his brother's heel coming out of the womb, right? Like, think of Jacob as overreaching, trying to get something that's not yours, trying to get, as, as, as um, Mike was saying, to, trying to supply, trying to get into somewhere where you don't belong, right? Trying to steal, trying to be a, a bit sly already from, from, from baby, right? From day. From day one. So we see Uxor, Harry, Red, Red and Harry coming out of the room, and Jacob coming out sly, <laughs> trying to get something that's not his, ready to grab Esau's heel, right? Okay. I can imagine, I can imagine him being slippery, you know? Yeah, like, just, just like by nature. Exactly. Right. Cool. Twenty-seven, twenty-eight. Why are they? And the... We just get some in a second. In the Bible, we have these children giving these self-fulfilling prophecy names. Yeah, and they're not always good. Like, do you think that, you know, big? I don't know. I'm just wondering, like, if he wasn't called a supplanter from day would things have been actually different does that make sense mm. like they wrote it into his name what else was man supposed to do at this point I think it's more interesting that as a baby he was actually grabbing his brother's heel I don't know if there was like if there's actually meaning in that or not like if that speaks to his personality from then or not but it's interesting that, that he saw that and thought right he's going to be this way and named him that way like it's a very interesting culture, yeah. Okay, sorry, go on. <laughs> but yeah, verse uh, twenty-seven. And the boy grew, and Esau was a cunning hunter, a man of the field, and Jacob was a plain man dwelling in tents. And Esau. Cool. And- <laughs> <Sorry, sorry. laughs> I love I love how the Bible deals with certain things. <laughs> so this is this is you, before you thought right. Esau is getting no respect. Da, 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 da. And then we start hearing about Jacob, and it says, the boys grew. Esau was a cunning hunter, a man of the field. So yeah, Esau was a man's man. It says, Jacob was a plain man dwelling in tents. Yeah? (laughs) The Bible is just wicked, right? Was it trying to say that Jacob was fruity? You know what, let me stop. I'm sorry. (laughs) I don't don't know if it's going that far, but it's definitely kind of, it's definitely saying, right, out of the two, like, you Mm. know, Esau was, the man Esau, was, Esau with all the stuff and then just Jacob just like yo just chilling oh, inside watching by the man. window oh, there's no need for it anyway right Wait, hold, on, hold on you could also make the um, the link between um, kind of uh, Jacob being a plain man and also um, Joseph this idea that all of Joseph's brothers you know were kind of hard man that used to go out and watch the sheep and and kind of go and travel for miles. And Joseph used to just stay at home and get quotes from his dad and get taught stuff. Mm. Mm. Big point, Sorry. big point. And maybe that is part of the reason why, um, obviously not the whole reason, but part of the reason why maybe Jacob found an affinity with Joseph. Right? Okay, verse mm. 28. Um, and Isaac loved Esau because he did eat off his bison, but Rebecca loved Jacob. Cool. So already we've got a problem. Already we have a problem. Isaac loved Esau for such a reason as he liked to eat his venison, right? And because he can cook, right? And Rebecca loved Jacob, most likely because either he was around the house a lot or the tent or because um, of the prophecy that she had got from God, right? So there's there's already this favoritism 
and we and we see this this theme of favoritism throughout the patriarchs in Genesis. Like they love this idea of loving one child more than the other for some reason, right? And it's it's almost like a generational curse that goes from Abraham all the way down. <laughs> no, no, not like that. <laughs> yes, no, I did try. <laughs> Oh, let me let me be. Sorry, 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 guys, sorry. Sorry, right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, um, so verse twenty. So, so right. So we're we're there. We've um, there's already a problem. We know the the personalities of these two boys, and we're about to hear the story, right? So we're getting straight. We're getting friendly straight at the deep end with the first one. Verse twenty nine. Let's go up to thirty four. Once when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the open country, famished. He said to Jacob, quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. Jacob replied, first sell me your birthright. Look, I'm about to die, Esau said. What good is the birthright to me? But Jacob said, swear to me first. So he swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew. He ate, he ate and drank and then got up and left. Great, great, great. I, I like this version as well, which just makes it nice and easy to understand, right? So what's going on? The boy was making some Ito stew, yeah? Right. And uh, his brother came in, and it's funny because previously we've heard that Esau was the cook, yeah? But apparently mm. that live in tents, and those also had to throw down in the kitchen, Yeah. And so whether it's because he'd been out hunting, being a man's man, or whatever reason, Esau has come in and either he's just very much exaggerating and he's really just craving, or he's genuinely going through a hard time. And it's funny with brothers, because instead of being like, ah, oh, this is my brother, I should probably do something. He's like, opportunity. So um, Jacob basically makes him sell his... I, I don't really understand what a birthright is in this connotation because of the, the, um, of the next part of the story. Cool. Let's, 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 um, let's, let's understand what a birthright is. What is a birthright, guys? We actually spoke about the birthright in a previous story when we were talking about the... Um, the prodigal son. The, the prodigal it's your son. It's your inheritance. And how is that inheritance split between the eldest and the youngest son? Now, in, the, in their culture... In their culture, the eldest has always got a double portion, and I think mm-hmm. that we were saying that part of that was because they were also becoming the head of the house. So you know, they were taking care of everyone. They were the one, the go-to, and so like the double portion was almost like a, a little help with that, just to help taking over the family. Cool, right? So I don't know if he took the whole of of the double portion, or whether he said, "Okay, let me have the double portion, you have the single portion." Right, but somehow he took Esau's thing, right, for some red, some for some red lentil stew. Right, what's the problem here? It's not his to give, is it? It's not his to give, but okay. What what else? Oh, that's a good point. You know, that's a, that's a good point. Um, how are you selling your birthright over food? How are you selling your birthright over food? What could could Esau have eaten somewhere else? 
There's rice at home, man. Could he not like, walk over to oh his father's God. tent or whatever yeah. tent it was and be like, look, yeah. I've been out hunting, yeah. I'm hungry. Yep. Right? But what was his problem? It says so in verse... Um, what is it? It says in verse 30, yeah, especially in the King James, it says um, he went to Jacob and he said, feed me um, with the red pottage because I'm faint. And in the last of it, it says, therefore was his name called Edom. And I always understood that to be greedy. Mm. So maybe that's, that's obviously what's going on here. Which right. is pretty startling for some of us to hear, you know. I don't want to hear that. So Esau could have just gone, I don't know, the extra, let's say it's 100 yards to another tent to get some food. He comes through his brother's, where his brother's cooking, smells the stew, is like, you know what, I'm hungry. That's looking nice. Give me some. Jacob's like, Jacob, as we know, is slippery, was already trying to grasp his heel, already trying to grasp something that is not his. He's probably been thinking about this birthright for a while now. He's probably thinking, hmm, how come Esau has more than I have? His mother may have even told him about the prophecy already. So he may have already been thinking, hmm, how am I going to get this birthright from Esau? And ding, this situation comes up. And he goes, yeah, cool. You can have some stew. Give me your birthright. What does, what does Esau say? Yeah, cool. I'm easy with that. He says, yeah, cool. I'm easy with that. But what specifically? First of all, he says, what good does it do you? What good does it do me, right? What good does it do me to have a birthright if what? I'm dead. If I'm dead. This is what he was implying. He was implying that at this state, he's so hungry. Don't matter if you have the birthright. I might not be around to keep it. You get me? This is what drama thing comes from. What you say? What you say? Is this where drama queen comes from? Listen, Bakay City is about to faint. You guys have never been there. Like, I remember you, said, you mentioned earlier, you know, you could have just gone another 100 yards down. At that point, when you're faint, you like... You, Do you know you, what? You Tyler, Tyler makes a good point. I can say, even without that, you just being ill and you feeling faint or dizzy is a horrible mm. feeling. You don't feel like you can walk 10 steps, let alone 100 metres down the road. You get me? I'm thinking this was post like there. Worse than that. Worse. Yeah. His strength was obviously not there. But I'm still going to roast him because he sold his birthright over food. All right. And and you know what? This has a very similar taste to what Adam was doing in the garden. You know? He sold his... Oh, that was a big birthright. He let go for for that, whatever fruit it was, right? What 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 is what is the problem or what is the application for us when we hear this phrase? What will it profit me this birthright if I'm dead? What will it profit a man to gain the whole world? Yeah, lose his soul. Yeah, that's a very valid, valid, valid point. It makes you think. Let me put it to you this way, so you guys can just deep it properly, right? Imagine saying, "What good is the Sabbath or the blessing that comes from the Sabbath?" if I can't make it through the week because I'm working on Saturday or doing what I, or I need to do this thing on Saturday. What good is it to me paying, getting the blessing from paying tithe if I'm broke? What good is it to me obeying love thy neighbour if you just spit in my face? 
here Esau is disregarding yeah. Yeah. the blessing that God is going yeah. to give him for temporal pleasure. Wow. He doesn't value what's going to come because what he's feeling right now is what he's experiencing. And this be the point of so many people in this world today. We are about what's going on now and we don't consider that this is a temporary place. What good is the health message if, you know, I'm hungry and there's, there's, there's some X, Y, or Z there that I'm ready to eat? You know, there's so many things that we see in the law of God that are for our good and for our blessing. Yet because of temporal things, we say, actually, hmm, I'll, go with, I'll go with the temporal thing. And as you said, Tyler and um, Reuben, was it good to gain the whole world and lose your soul? Mike, were you going to say something? Yeah, I was going to say, like, Esau, yeah, Esau clearly didn't either understand or was securing what he had for him to sell his birthright. Like, think about it. That's your security and status as a firstborn of the household. Like, that's like, that's a lot. Like, yeah, yeah, in that moment, he just gave it away. And it, it makes me think, like, yeah. I'm <laughs> yeah, thinking it think. about it. It's, it's, it's almost the equivalent of like Prince Charles coming to one of you people and saying, yo, let's trade places. Like, could you, could you do it? I mean, we think about the connotations that comes with it and all of the pressure and everything, but mm, it's not always like that. And, and it's for something, so, like, it's for something what, like, within your right mind, when you're actually thinking about it properly, it seems so foolish. For soup, like, for, for, for stew, you're going to do that? Like, <laughs> you know how much, like, we read before this, Isaac actually got rich. Isaac had stuff. Isaac had, had, had flocks and maidservants and manservants and, and all this. And you're going to give up all of this thing that you've been living with your whole life for some red stew. Right? But anyway, okay, this is, there's a little Ellen White quote here from Patriots and Prophets that says, and for a dish of red pottage, I love the word red, pot red pottage for some reason, I don't know, it just makes it even more hilarious, right? For a dish of red pottage, Esau, and the fact that it says dish means he didn't even get the whole pot, but anyway, for a dish of red pottage, Esau parted with his birthright and confirmed the transaction by an oath. A short time at most would have secured him food from his father's tent, but to satisfy the desire of the moment, he carelessly bartered the glorious heritage that God himself had promised to his fathers. His whole interest was in the present. He was ready to sacrifice the heavenly to the earthly, to exchange the future good for a momentary indulgence. At the same time, Jacob was also moving a bit snaky. I mean, come on, your brother's hungry, just give him some lentils. Why are you trying to swindle him out of, you, out of his birthright, right? Cool. So I was gonna see. Right, so both, both, aren't, <laughs> both aren't looking too great. 
come the end of verse 34 at this point, yeah? But Jacob walks away with the birthright. At least he values the birthright. Let's put it that way. But, you know, he didn't get it very well. Right, we're going to jump through... Can I just, um, yeah? Sorry, guys. Can I just make a point as well? Yeah. That's a little bit mad because the parents had two children and in the verse... Um, Uh, in verse 28 and Isaac loved Esau because he did eat of his venison but Rebecca loved Jacob how do parents just blatantly taking sides it's a little bit mad to, to grow up knowing that your, your dad your dad loves your brother because he cooks and <laughs> you know what I'm saying so I just think it's a little bit deep but then oh, listen yeah. Nathan that, that point has just made me think of this have we noticed how Esau is getting the food from Jacob, yeah? Obviously, Jacob is, he's a cook, yeah? But why is he learned to cook? The, it's, it's blatantly already said that Esau was the better cook. But somehow, somehow, man has learned to cook food that is so good. My brother is now willing to sell his birthright to me. And this is, I think, sometimes the desire we have to impress, like, people in the world. It, it can make us do some crazy things. It's mm. a good point. Yeah, he had the time to study up in it from from when he was chilling in the tents. That was maybe his way of connecting with his father, possibly. And you know, this is this is, I think, the point in terms of the favoritism and what we see throughout these these free patriarchs is that this idea of favoritism is just um, insipid. It's like it's it just it's it's soaks it's soaked in the family it's everywhere and it's causing all sorts of problems already right if jacob knew that both parents loved him and it was all good probably wouldn't have done this to esau right probably wouldn't have done it they probably wouldn't be good they probably created a separation between their relationship um and you know you can see where things start but anyway let's jump we're going to jump past chapter 26 because Chapter 26 is about Isaac and him um, gaining his wealth and about there being a famine and him doing well and all the rest of it, right? So we're going to jump to 27. And what has just happened is Esau has just got married to someone that um, his, his parents don't agree with, a Hittite woman, right? So he's just got married... His parents aren't happy, and then we hit 27. So let's let's read from verse 27. We can read up to verse 5, 1 to Chapter 27:1-5. And it came to pass that when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim, so that he could not see, he called Esau his eldest son and said unto him, My son. And he said unto him, Behold, here am I. And he said, Behold, now I am old. I know not the day of my death. Now therefore take, I pray thee, thy weapons, thy quiver and thy bow, and go out to the field, and take me some venison, 
and make me savory meat, such as I love, and bring it to me, that I may eat, that my soul may bless thee before I die. And Rebekah heard when Isaac spake to Esau his son, and Esau went to the field to hunt for venison and to bring it. Great. Okay. So this is the build-up of the next story, the, the, the Jacob and Esau 2.0. Now, before we um, describe what happened, what is the blessing? We know what the birthright is, like the, the wealth and all the rest of it. You get double portion if you're the eldest son. Um, what, is the, what is the blessing? I think the blessing is literally just um, like God said to Jacob, you're going to have so many children and so many descendants. And I think the blessing was when Jacob prayed over the person and said, God, you've already promised me this. Allow this promise to be continued through this person. Cool. Right. So the blessing is, is what Daniel said is a prayer basically. Right. So, Isaac as the father would choose his eldest son generally and say, look, um, the promise that Abraham got and is passed through to me and I'm going to pass it down to you and everything that you do is going to flourish. Everything. This is almost better than the birthright because the birthright is like things that are here now, you can get have my flocks and my tents and whatever. But the blessing is like, you can obtain much more than what I have now. Like, everything that you do will be blessed. Everything that you do will, it will happen for you, right? So it's almost like the blessing is the thing you really want, right? So what's happened in the story right now? Okay, this is where I have a problem with this. This is where I think this is kind of just breaking down the family at this point. But Rebecca has involved herself between her children now. All right, before we get to Rebecca's involvement, let's just let's just say what what was Isaac asking for? Food. Man's Food, hungry. Right? I want some man we, wanted his last meal, like on death row. He wanted a good meal, so he was satisfied before he passed on the blessing and then he could be at peace with himself. Yeah, I think we've underestimated how much Isaac likes his venison. Only, <laughs> we really have. He wants to give favoritism to Esau because of the venison. He's now saying, "Look, I'm going to give him the blessing right now, but just bring me some more venison, and we're good to go." In fact, unless you bring the venison, I'm not giving you no blessing. Right. Right. So Esau's like, "Okay, no problem. I've got venison for you many times. I'll go out and get some venison. I know that you love it." So I'm going to go get that and then I'll bring it for you and we can do the blessing. Esau's like, look, I haven't got my birthright, so at least I get the blessing and whatever. So we can continue. So it's like, cool. Now, Daniel, you were saying, what happened? Rebecca was, this is the, the worst part. Rebecca is the, the woman of the house. She can walk in and out wherever she goes. Yeah, No one can say nothing to her. But she's sneaking around at this moment. She's spying on her husband and her child and she's overhearing and she's listening and she's like, nah. In her mind, she said, nah, this can't run. Let me go call my boy. Why does she want it to go to Jacob? Because of the prophecy. This is, this is where I prophecy, think sometimes yeah? people that without God, so we think that our little interactions are going to help him along. God already said one thing, you just need to relax, but she didn't know that. Indeed, right? 
Ruben said Rebecca was acting like CIA. Yeah, so she's probably, you can almost imagine a hiding around the corner as they're having this discussion. And she's like, okay, you're going to get the venison, cool, and you're going to come get the blessing. I know, God has told me, Jacob is going to be the one, Esau's going to, you know, bow down to Jacob, he's going to rule, um, Jacob's going to rule Esau. So there's no way Esau can get this blessing. Because if Esau gets this blessing, it's a wrap. Right? So let me fulfill God. God, It's almost like God needs a little help here fulfilling his promise. Mm. Literally exactly what you just said, because there's actually a couple times in the Bible where we look and we see God has said, this is going to happen. Hold up, though. God's obviously broken. God's obviously not doing what God was supposed to do. So let me let me hop in and give God that little helping hand, because obviously he needs it because it's not done yet. So this is like this is like Rebecca's state of mind. And it's a little bit mad because the same God that has helped them in the past and obviously been there for their fathers literally in, in mad ways. Um, they're out here thinking, you know, God said this, but, you know, Isaac, you're getting on now. Um, and then they had the babies. And then, like, they're just, it's just all this interference, man. All this interference. Cool, right? So at this point, right, Esau, Esau and um, Jacob are 40 years old, right? So let's not think of them as, as little boys. They're big men at this point, yeah? So because they're big men, they're responsible for their choices. So we're about to see what happens um, from verse 6, yeah? So don't think of Jacob as some little, like, oh, okay, okay, I'll just do whatever you want. He knows exactly what he's doing, yeah? Verse 6. And we're going to read up to... Um, I want to stop before we get to the real meat of this. So we're going to stop at verse um, 16. All right, all right. So we're starting from verse 6, yeah? Yeah. And Rebecca spake unto Jacob, her son, saying, Behold, I heard thy father speak unto Esau, thy brother, saying, Bring me venison and make me savoury meat that I may eat and bless thee before the Lord before my death. Verse 8. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice according to that which I command thee. Go now to the flock and fetch me from them two good kids of the goats, and I will make them savoury meat for thy father, such as he loveth. And thou shalt bring it to thy father, that he may eat, and that he may bless thee before his death. And Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, Behold, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man, and I am smooth. Right at this point, right, before we go further, Jacob said, like, this is, like, Rebecca has been talking up to now to Jacob, right? So Jacob hasn't said anything before verse 11. So she was, she was saying, oh, this is what your dad and Esau are planning. Da, 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 da. This is what I want you to do. And first thing Jacob says is, isn't, oh, maybe I shouldn't steal my brother's birthright. 
um, sorry, not by fact, blessing. Maybe I shouldn't go. He straight away goes, oh, nice plan, but Esau's hairy. So what if he touches me? What are you going to do about it? Right? Verse 12. That's how I'm sorry, we already know he's invested. This is some drama right here. This is this is some drama right here, man. Like, you know family, family scheming against each other. Like. I feel like I'm listening, I'm reading the script for an episode of EastEnders before it's happening. <laughs> it's mad, right? In fact, EastEnders ain't got nothing on this. Um, can I ask a question? Please yeah. go ahead. Uh, what's the difference between a blessing and a birthright in this in this context? Anyway, was okay, was so Isaac going to give him Esau the birthright because Jacob technically already had it? So why exactly. did he need the blessing? So the birthright is like um, so say if you know um, you became a father and a grandfather and you're old now and you need to write your will. You write your will and you say, right, my savings go here, my house goes here, da, da, da. you split it between your children. That is a birthright, mm-hmm. right? So it's your wealth. So whatever you've accumulated, your house, your land, your, your livestock, all the rest of it is your birthright. So that now, that's what, that's what Esau was trading away for, um, for soup. Okay. The blessing now is, as I think Daniel was saying, the promise that God had given Abraham. So God had told Abraham, right, you, your descendants are going to be like the sand of the sea, like the stars of the sky, um, and we're gonna, I'm going to create a holy nation from you and all the rest of it. And that blessing got passed down to Isaac, and that Isaac has got to pass it down to his first son. So in Isaac's mind, he's going to pass this down to Esau, and everything that Esau does is going to flourish, and he's going to have children, and it's going to become into this great nation. So this so is the Messiah just, would have... Gone exactly, Esau. come from Esau. Had he, had he not said the blessing. Exactly. Okay. Got you. Right? So this isn't just wealth now. This is your total prosperity of your life. Spiritually, um, socially, everything. This is like, like I'm giving you this and now you, God is going gonna, to gonna be with you always. Right? Got you. Yeah. Cool. That's fine. So, so this is even... The fact that Jacob is stealing this part is deep. Right, it's not just like he's gone into his room and and, and borrowed a t-shirt. This is this is serious right now, right? Hence the all the cloak and dagger that's about to happen, right? So where we were, verse um verse twelve. My father pervaded will per adventure will feel me, and I shall see to him as a deceiver and I shall bring a curse upon me and not a blessing and his mother said unto him upon me be thy curse my son only obey my voice and go fetch them and he went and fetched and brought them to his mother and his mother made savoury meat such as his father loved and Rebecca took, took goodly raiment of her eldest son Esau which were with her in the house and put them upon her, Jacob, our younger son. Sorry, can I just... Jacob and, Re- and Rebecca know how serious this stuff is because they are aware they're going to be cursed if anything goes wrong. Like, 
I have not really considered this point before, but there's actually a deterrent there already before they even go to do it. Mm. There's stuff on the line. Like, should, mm. <laughs> there was no thought, mm, should, we, should we really be doing this? It's more, let's make sure that this is airtight so that we don't get caught. Yeah, that's basically that. how they how they're discussing it. And Jacob, although is like Rebecca's like right, go do this, go do that, and he's going and doing it. He's a forty year old man. Yeah, so there's no oh, he was fifteen. He was just doing what his mum said. No, 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 none of that. Right, forty year old man. Right. In but, verse, yeah, go ahead. In uh, the verse where she says thirteen, she says, "Upon me be thy curse." The other time that I remember hearing that kind of language is um, the religious leaders when they're um, when Pilate was saying, you know, uh, when Pilate washed his hands, he said, "His blood is not on my hands." And um, you know, the the religious leaders turned around and said, "Upon us and our, upon our children be his blood." I feel like it's that kind of language that's being used, and I'm drawing mm-hmm. that link. Mm-hmm. Nice link. Okay. Um, where were we? So verse 16. Six, 16. 16, right? Let's continue to verse, um, verse 17. So 16, 17. Okay. And she put the skins of the kids of the goats upon his hand and upon, mo- and upon the smooth of his neck. And she gave the servant meat and the bread which she prepared into the hand of her son Jacob. Cool. Right, the smooth of his neck is like the back of your neck, right? So like almost like if you're going to hug him or touch the back of his neck, you would feel the, the hairiness of the, of the sheepskin, right? Right, now I'm going to read this next part. And you're going to tell me <laughs> how many lies you catch Jacob tell in, in this next verse. I'm going to read 18. And then Jacob starts talking in 19, right? See if we can catch how many lies he tells in this one verse, right? It says, and he came unto his father and said, my father, and he said, here I am, who art thou, my son? And Jacob said unto his father, I am Esau, thy firstborn. I have done according as thou biddest me. Arise, I pray thee, sit and eat of my venison, that thy soul may be blessed. How many, how many lies did you, did you guys count in that one verse? I got three. I got four. You got three. Got, I got four. I well. just, I just, I'm sorry. I just heard a lie from start to beginning. I didn't differentiate. <laughs> no, no, I did not real. differentiate. The whole thing was riddled to it. Right, what's the first lie? Jesus. Who Jesus. art thou, my son? Is the first lie. When says, I am Esau. That's right. the lie. Then he <laughs> said, I am your firstborn. Number two. Number and two. He says, I have done as you've asked me. Right, he didn't ask him nothing. So that's right. Ask- and then he said, Arise and eat of my meat. <laughs> oh my right. it's not your it's not your venison. I'm done. Yeah, he's plant based, isn't it? I'm, I'm, well <laughs> right, Jacob Jacob's a vegan. Jacob eats the lentils. It ain't your venison, Jacob, right? So, so number one, he comes bold out. I'm Esau, number one. Number two, I'm your firstborn. Number three, 
I have done which you asked me to do. Isaac didn't talk to Jacob that day, so I don't know what he's talking about. And number four, he said, here is my venison. Your mum gave you that, so stop it. All right? The next verse gets worse. Go ahead. He was, he, read uh, verse 20. In fact, let me read it. It's, it's just this. This. This is. In fact, when I was studying this, this verse actually it it, it, it spun me. I was like, ah, oh, this is how far it's gone. He said, and Isaac said unto his son, "How is it that you found it so quickly?" So now Jacob's probably thinking, "Oh no!" <laughs> Literally, Esau went out the door, and before in the time that it took to even cook the venison, now Jacob's Jacob's there. Cook, we've cooked venison, ready to, ready to go. And I said, like, hmm. Like, man's not just, just got venison, have, though. Man's got venison, got venison, man's got it, bread. Put it on the plate and brought it to me in this time. Right? How does that happen so quickly? Here's Jacob's response. The well, Lord. The Lord thy God brought it to me. Jacob, come on, man. You're, ready to, bring God, you're ready to bring God into your life. Mm. Strength. Mm. Like, Yo, I feel no way about it, right? Because God brought it to me, right? So here's there's the extent of Jacob's life, but we're getting we're going to get further into the story. So let's read verse twenty one to verse twenty seven. And Isaac said unto Jacob, Come near, I pray thee, that I may feel thee, my son, whether thou be my very son Esau or not. And Jacob went unto Isaac, his father, and, and he felt him and said, The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are hands of Esau. And he discerned him not, because his hands were hairy. At his brother's Esau's, at his brother's Esau's hand, so he blessed him, and he said, "Art thou my very son Esau?" And he said, "I am." Can we talk about that for a second? That's deep. Wow. <laughs> um, pre in the last couple of verses, how many? Sorry, I want to say how many times? Yeah. So we can see that he's already doubting. Yeah. Mm. Um. Isaac has enough about him. Maybe he's old. Maybe to be fair, I'm not trying to put like things that aren't there in the in the Bible. But you know, maybe it's not to the point where it's just his sight that's failing. You know, maybe he's getting to the point where he's forgetful. Maybe mm-hmm. you know there are things happening as well. Yeah, but he's uneasy enough in himself to be asking the questions. And even after he's already confirmed it, ask him again. Are you my son Esau? You know. And so it actually says something to us about kind of trusting your instincts a little bit as well. Mm. Because don't get me wrong, I don't know where it would have gone next, but imagine if, you know, Isa, uh, if um, Isaac could shut the whole thing down from there, you know? Yeah, if Isaac just said, no, no, I'm not doing the blessing. <laughs> yeah, not today. <laughs> we'll talk another time, you know? Like, it's almost like Isaac doesn't believe it's Esau, but doesn't believe anyone would be so bold to lie to him like this. Like, wow, who would be be standing in front of me lying like this? Like, I've asked you like three or four times, 
Like, I've touched your, your arm. I've touched your neck. Like, like, no one could go through this much to try and beat Esau, surely. So it must be, look, it, I, I must be, like, it must be just me. Like, it must just, maybe he, he maybe he coughed in something when he went out to get the venison and somehow his voice has changed. You know what? Whatever. Right? Mm-hmm. Verse 25. And he said, bring it near to me and I will eat of my son's venison that my soul may bless thee. And he brought it near to him and he did eat and he brought him wine and he drank. And his father Isaac said unto him, come now, come near now and kiss me, my son. I'll let someone else go. First, did you finish, on? Huh? Is it 26? Oh, uh, yeah, so 27 now. That's right, bro. And he came near and kissed him, and he smelt the smell of his remnant, and blessed him and said, See, the smell is of my son, as the smell of the field which the Lord hath blessed. Therefore, give thee of the dew of heaven, and the fatness of the earth, and plenty of corn and wine. It makes you wonder if, you know, Jacob had just gone around and rolled in the grass just to kind of put the cherry on top so that he smelled mm. like when he went before his dad as well. Make sure the smell's fresh, isn't it? You know? Well, he had um, Esau's clothes clothe on, so probably smell. Yeah, right answer, actually, yeah. Good point. Sorry. Sharp. Okay, so verse 29. Let people serve thee, and the nations bow down to thee. Be the Lord over thy brethren, and let thy mother's sons bow down to thee. Um, curse be everyone that curseth thee, and bless be everyone that bless thee. Right, so this is the blessing that Isaac gave his son. There's a little, um, another quote from Patriots and Prophets that says, Jacob and Rebekah succeeded in their purpose but they gained only trouble and sorrow by their deception. God had declared that Jacob should receive the birthright and his word would have been fulfilled in his own time had they waited in faith for him to do the work for them. But like many who now profess to be children of God, they are unwilling to leave the matter in God's hands. And that's the point that we made earlier, right? Okay, so where are we at the story right now? So... You know, Esau has gone out to get the thing. Rebecca's heard it. She said, right, Jacob, go get your, your brother's clothes. Put sheepskin on your skin. Here's the venison here. Go get the blessing from your father. Jacob's like, yep, yeah, I'm game. Let's go. Let's do it. Goes to his father. Says lie after lie after lie after lie after lie. Um, and gets the blessing eventually, right? Now we're, we're about to see some retribution, right? Verse 30. After Isaac finished blessing him, and Jacob had scarcely left his father's presence, his brother Esau came in from hunting. He too prepared some tasty food and brought it to his father. Then he said to him, My father, please sit up and eat some of my game, so that you may give me your blessing. 
His father Isaac asked him, Who are you? I am your son, he answered, your firstborn, Esau. Isaac trembled violently and said, Who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me? I ate it just before you came, and I blessed him, and indeed he will be blessed. When Esau heard his father's words, he burst out with a loud bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me, me too, my father. But he said, Your brother came deceitfully and took your blessing. Esau said, Isn't he rightly named Jacob? This is the second time he has taken advantage of me. He took my birthright, and now he's taken my blessing. Then he asked, Haven't you reserved any blessing for me? Isaac answered Esau, I have made him lord over you, and have made all his relatives his servants, and I have sustained him with grain and new wine. So what can I possibly do for you, my son? Esau said to his father, Do you only have one blessing, my father? Bless me too, my father. Then Esau wept aloud. Do you want me to continue reading? Or? Um, if you could just do the next two verses. Sure. His father Isaac answered him, Your dwelling will be away from the earth's richness, away from the dew of heaven above. You will live by the sword and you will serve your brother. But when you grow restless, you will throw his yoke from off your neck. Great. Okay. So, great reading. Right? What, what's going on there? What happened? You got swindled. <laughs> swindled. <laughs> you can imagine, right? Esau's, Esau's whistling to himself with the venison in his hand. Like, oh, go get myself some blessing. Right? Walks into the thing. Here you go, father. Here's the blessing that, that, uh, that you asked me for. I've got the venison. There you go. And I'm ready for my blessing. <laughs> and Isaac's like, what? Right, and all of the and all of the story unfolds that Jacob had done this, right? At this point, Esau's vexed, as he should be. Vexed, right, I'm gonna go kill off I'm 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 ready to go kill Jacob now because he's taken my birthright for some suit which he shouldn't have done anyway. I mean I shouldn't have sold it to him, but he shouldn't have taken it. And now he's forcefully taken my blessing, right? It's time for him to die, right? I'm going to get my guys, I'm going to go and get him, and, and it's, it's game over. And what happens is, Isaac and Rebecca hears that Esau is coming to get him, and she tells Jacob, look, look, go, go do your, like, you need to run away because Esau's on one, he's coming for you. Same way, Isaac now also sees Jacob after <laughs> this whole swindling thing has happened. He doesn't even confront him about it, and he says, you know what, you've had your blessing now. Look, go leave Canaan and everything will be good good with you, right? Everything will yes. be fine. You've got your blessing. Just leave the land. So here's Jacob now. He's left the land. And what happens next? What's Jacob feeling at this point? I'm not sure, but whatever it is, he deserved it. <laughs> he deserved it, right? But he can't be feeling happy right now. He's got to leave Man must have felt alone. true loneliness at this point because he realised, even though he may have got something out of it, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, he's left himself with no family, no people that really are going to be able to help him like he wants, isn't it? Exactly. No tent that he loved. None of that. He's now like at some place. He's he's going to sleep because now it's late. He's got some rocks to sleep on. But ultimately, he's alone. 
he's probably thinking God is, a, is, is left him because of all the nonsense he, he pulled just then. And so, you know, what is left for him to do, right? Probably, Jacob, probably Jacob's lowest point, right? Or at least lowest point to date. What happens? First, let's, let's read from, um, from verse 10 of chapter 28, sorry, verse 10. And Jacob went out from Beersheba and went towards Haran. And he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set. And he took of the stones of that place and put them for his pillows and lay down on that spit place to sleep. And he dreamed and beheld a ladder set up on the earth and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac. The land whereon thou liest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed. And as thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west, and to the east, and to the north, and to the south. Cool. And, all right. Sorry, and in so thee, and in oh, the earth. Be. Yes, great. Right, that sorry. was still Okay, so what's, what's happening there? He used to sleep on sheepskin or whatever, and now he's sleeping on a rock. <laughs> right? What else? God's mercy is really coming through. I don't God's know if you guys have seen that I've not seen, but I don't remember them being any massive reconciliation between Jacob and Isaac or Jacob and God. But while right. he's... And he's breaking his neck, sleeping on rock. Mm. And this is when God is actually coming to him and saying, it's all right. You might feel like it's just you now, but it's really me and you, you know? Mm. And cool. That by a dream, it's actually amazing to see that this is how God actually, his, his chosen means of talking to Jacob was actually like letting him actually visualize this in his head mm. and see what God means, you know? Mm. I was going to also say like, the fact that God's actually speaking to him here. Um, I think Jacob came to the realization that the blessing he was receiving didn't actually necessarily come from the words of Isaac, but it was God. God, God chose him before Isaac blessed him. Um, mm. And I think he came to a realization like, wow, I didn't really have to do it, all of that because God chose me. I should have just trusted in him more and not been... Um, not been, you know, pressured into having to lie to my dad, basically. Great, right? So at this point, right, Jacob was feeling, he was feeling sad, he was feeling lonely, like, why did I have to go do that? All the rest of it, I really, like, played into my name. I'm thinking, this is how my parents named me, and boy, here I am, overreaching, um, supplanting my brother, all the rest of it, like, cheating, like, lying, all the rest of it, deceitful. Like, what am I going to do? God has probably left me now. It's over, right? I'm just here alone. And God comes up in his masterful and he says, you know what? Jacob, I'm, I'm still here with you. You're still going to be the, the, the man of the blessing. I still want you to be here. But ultimately, Jacob hasn't really changed much here. This is really God's, this is showing God's character, but not really Jacob's. Jacob makes an altar to say that, 
he's back on his feet and, you know, God is still with him and all the rest of it. But Jacob hasn't really changed too tough. Right? Don't change too tough. There's no repentance here. There's just um, him being upset, him being sad, him being lonely and God coming to comfort him. Right? So then we start going into the next kind of phase of the story. And I don't want to spend too much time here because we can spend our whole time reading. So I just want to pick out um, specific points within the story, right? So what happens when we get, um, when Jacob leaves this place where he calls Bethel, right? What happens when he leaves Bethel? You guys are going to have to build the story with me. makes a vow to God um, I think in, in verse 19 just catching um, the verse that he actually calls the place Bethel you know he's gone and he's had a realisation that the fact that God has met me here makes this place special and um, he says if God will take care of me then he'll be my guy, he'll be my God and um, he sets a stone to remember it and then the next chapter verse, um, chapter 29 the beginning of that is him meeting Rachel Cool, right? So he meets Rachel. Who's Rachel? The daughter of his uncle Laban. Cool. So Laban is his mother's cousin. Is it cousin or brother? Brother. His mother's brother. brother. Right. So his mother's brother. This is this is now his uncle, and his uncle um, is now. So Rachel is his cousin, right? So he sees Rachel, and he's like, oh, she's beautiful. Right? What happens next? What happens once Jacob's seen Rachel? We're now deep into chapter 29. he decides that he wants to marry her. Okay, right. So he goes and goes to Laban, right? Her, her dad, mm-hmm. uncle, right? And he goes and meets Laban. And verse, let's read verse 17 and 18 to give us some context. Sorry, 16, 16 and 17. And Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah was tender-eyed but Rachel was beautiful and well-favoured. Cool. What does tender-eyed mean? I don't like this verse because it makes it seem that if you wear glasses, you're not bluffing. It's not true. Hey, <laughs> uh, Ruben, valid point there. Straight up. She was, so you guys she was a bit to hold that. short on her eyesight, but cool. Yeah, my version says Leia had weak eyes, but Rachel had a lovely figure and was beautiful. So okay. I was like, right, okay. <laughs> Essentially, the Bible's read, man. <laughs> I don't know, just the way the way that it's been describing these, these, these the differences. But what, what do we know Leia as, right? She's got weak eyes, but other than that, what is it? She's the older sister. She's the older sister. She's probably not quite very attractive. Like, you know, 
Jacob's looking at Leia going, hmm. I, I saw Rachel before. She's looking very beautiful. I'm good with Leia, right? So he goes to Laban and what does he say? He says, I want the younger one. Okay. And Laban says, okay, what does he have to do for the younger one? Was it 10 years? Seven, seven years. Seven, seven years. Ago. So he says to so Laban says to Jacob, right, if you work at least seven years under me, I'll let you marry my daughter. So he's like, cool, no problem. Seven years. Jacob works diligently. He's just had this experience with God. He's like, you know what? No more tricks, right? So I'm like, cool. I'm I'm I'm, I'm gonna work hard. I'm gonna work properly. Seven years I work. Right? What happens then? Basically says, give me my After wife. After the seven years, <laughs> at this point, karma catches him. <laughs> and you know mean? what? The Bible was clear. It says, you will reap what you sow. He reaped something right. and he sowed something. Cool. So let's read verse 20. Let's read, um, let's read verse 22 to 25, quick. Of chapter um, 29. Laban gathered together all the men of the place and made a feast. And it came to pass in the evening that he took Leah, his daughter, and brought her to him. And he went in unto her. Verse 24. And Laban gave unto his daughter Leah Zilpah, his maid, for an handmaid. And it came to pass that in the morning, behold, it was Leah. And he said to Laban, What is this that thou hast done unto me? Did not I serve with thee for Rachel? Wherefore thou hast to, wherefore then hast thou beguiled me? Oh, right. What kind of cheek does, does Jacob have to talk about beguiling anyone, number one? But number two, what's going on? Jacob's eyes must have been weak too. I don't understand how we could have not realised. <laughs> right, so sometimes in the, in, in the midst of the wedding, right, he thinks that he's going to marry Rachel. So Leia actually comes out in the wedding they get married, they, ha- they consummate the marriage, and in the morning he wakes up, somehow he hasn't seen her face this whole time, right? But in the morning he wakes up and actually finds out that it's Leia lying next to him. <laughs> He's like, hold up. <laughs> so he goes over to Laban and goes, what's the story? I would story? scream. <laughs> what's the story? He goes, he's, he's, he's Bobby, he's like, Come on, did I not tell you that it was Rachel that I wanted to marry? So how, how have you wondered? Right? How have you done this to me? Now he's just starting to feel how his brother must have felt a few um, years before, right? So, what what what's Laban's excuse? Verse twenty six. Basically, says it's not a custom to give the younger daughter before the older one. Like you should have read yeah. the fine. You should have read the fine print. <laughs> This was in the contract long time ago, right? We don't marry our, our youngest daughters before we marry our oldest. So, you know, you're going to have to do this whole thing again. So Jacob's like, what? He's like, yeah, if you want Rachel, I'll give you Rachel, but there's going to be a, need another seven years. right? So he ends up working 14 years for Rachel. right? But eventually he does the next 14 years and he gets married, right? has Rachel. 
Now, what do we see in this relationship between Leah and Jacob and Rachel and Jacob? One of them is one of resentment and one of them is one of desire. Cool. What, what should have Jacob done in this scenario? Do you think you could have put her away? Do you think that there was some kind of uh, clause in their laws that would have said, ah, this is a big misunderstanding, let's just leave this one? No, no, no. Once you consummated it, it's consummated. Oh, should he just satisfied and be like, okay, there's the one, let's leave? Yeah, so I, yeah, I think like from, from when he found out that it was Leia, he should have been like, you know what, I'm married now, that's it, right? That's the Man. first thing he could have done. What's next? What else should he have done? What do we see throughout the founding fathers of the Bible in Genesis? Polygamy. Right, polygamy. And what does polygamy then cause? It causes dissension in the family, which is a big no-no. Big time, right? So now we have this idea of favoritism. Leia's not the favoured wife. Rachel's the favoured wife. Leia's children aren't the favoured children. Rachel's children are the favourite children and you have this whole thing that he had with his brother and Isaac had with his brother Ishmael and now he's has exactly the same situation with his family so now he has Joseph and Joseph is Rachel's son so therefore Joseph deserves all of this greatness that we see later in the story that caused Joseph's own hardships right this generational favoritism this generational sinning that we see right yeah, um you, you mentioned yeah. at the beginning about like the two nations and how they'll be warring against each other and it just mm. seems like that same like analogy is repeating itself generation after generation exactly. there's always two always two families or just two ideals fighting each other uh, for supremacy in a sense so yeah it's interesting seeing seeing that come um, to life here What's crazy about even seeing that come to life, right, is not only does this stop when Jacob comes back and Esau and him are mended, but it continues on with Moses. When Moses is going through the ch- with the children of Israel, whose descendants do you think the children of Israel are fighting? Ishmael's and Esau's descendants. Yeah. <laughs> All these Ammonites and, and Amorites and things. Why do you think they're in the land of Canaan to begin with? Because they're these guys' descendants. And even now when we look at the, the fighting in the Middle East, like, whose descendants are fighting? Right? So this, 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 thing, this thing hasn't stopped. This thing hasn't stopped. It's crazy. It's because of one, one father and one mother decided, you know what, actually we're going to have favoritism between our children. We're not going to love them equally. We're the cause of this strife between them, and now there's going to be this thing. Cool. All right, let's continue because I want to get to the to to the end, and the end is is the crescendo which we need to get to. So, where are we at the story? So, Rachel is um, now Jacob's wife. He's been with Laban fourteen years. At this point, what does he think? I've done all the growing I can do with Laban. I need to go. Quite. 
exactly, right? So I've got my wives, I've worked here 14 years, it's time to go back home. I know what's waiting for me, that's kind of in the side of my mind, but I, I just want to go back home, right? So he tells Laban, I want to go back home, what does Laban say? This would be in verse 27 of, of chapter 30, if you're struggling. So again, it's, it's hard to hear you, Ruben. Laban said, stay. Right, he says, stay. Tarry here for a while. Like, to be fair, Laban don't want him to leave. Why? Because Jacob is a good worker, right? Laban has been prospering since Jacob got there because of the blessing that Jacob had received because God, even at the ladder, told him he's always going to be with him. Laban has now he's been, he's been getting rich while Jacob has been in his company, right? So he's like, no, 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 I don't want you to go anywhere. And when Jacob persists, he says, okay, you know what? Work for me a few more years and in the few more years, whatever the increase is or they come to this deal, then you can leave with that, right? So what does what is what's the deal that they come up with? What does Jacob say? He says, "I'm going to continue to take care of your flock for a little bit while longer." Mm. And all of the the cattle and the sheep, is it the sheep as well? Yeah, all the cattle and the sheep that have um, blemishes on them that aren't pure. So maybe they've got like a black and white coat or a, yeah. one color. And the goats as well. These will be his. Yeah. Mm. So shall my righteousness answer for me in time to come? Cool. Uh, right. So, so we're right here. So. Jacob says, you know what, here's the deal, right? You have, we, we have, you have your herd and all the rest of it. Look, let me look after the herd again, like I've been doing for another, um, it, comes, it, it ends up being six years. Um, and all of the ones that have blemishes on them, all the ones that are speckled, all the ones that have different colours on them, I'll take. And all the pure ones and all the good ones you take. So he's almost saying, look, I'll take the bad ones and you can have the good ones. So Labour's like, yeah, that sounds like a good deal. Right? But Jacob, what's Jacob's name again? Supplanter. Supplanter. What do we know about Jacob? He's, he's slippery. Right? So what does Jacob do with this deal? I feel like you need to be while to read this. Yeah, Alright, let's read from verse... It, 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 how it's worded um, is quite complicated, but we can read it. Verse 37 to verse um, 42 of chapter 30. I'll start. And Jacob took him rods of green poplar and of the hazel and of the chestnut tree and piled white streaks in them and made the white appear which was in the rods. And he set the rods which he had piled before the flocks 
and um, in the gutters, in the water, watering troughs. Then the flock came to drink that they should conceive when they came to drink. Verse 39. And the flocks conceived before the rods and brought forth cattle ring-straked, speckled and spotted. And Jacob did separate the lambs and set the faces of the flocks towards the ring state and all the brown in the flock of Laban. And he put his own flocks by themselves and put them not unto Laban's cattle. And it came to pass, whensoever the stronger cattle did conceive, that Jacob laid the rods before the eyes of the cattle into gutters, that they might conceive among the rods. But when the cattle were free, freeble, feeble, he put them not in, so the fibler were Laban's and the stronger's Jacob. I'll just read the last one. That's all, that's all we need. I mean, you, you no. can read the last one, go ahead. No, it's fine. It's all right. It's okay. Okay, cool. Right? So, for layman's terms, right, somehow, Jacob would say, right, all, all of the ones that have minded, the ones I'm going to take, the speckled ones, the ones that have blemishes, I'm going to make sure that they're strong, all the strong, I'm going to make sure that the strong um, cattle birth strong offspring so all the strong offspring will be mine and the ones that are pure i'll just leave them and i won't feed them properly and i won't like i'll make sure that they're weak and the weaker ones they'll be there so therefore i'll get all the stronger ones and laban will get all the weaker ones right yeah he basically did selective breeding i yeah. don't know how he did it but yeah, he did <laughs> somehow he yeah. did it yeah he was doing some dirty some dirty stuff because jacob is a slippery guy but you make a deal with jacob Make sure it's airtight. Make sure you look at the fine print, right? And he was, and you could tell he was, it was a bit, it was a bit salty from how Laban had dealt with him with his wives, right? So he thought, you know, I'm not getting out tricked by Laban, so I'm going to trick him once more before I leave. So he, he did this trick, got his things, and then what happened? If you've got a title in the top of uh, of chapter thirty-one, what does it say? Jacob flees from Laban. Jacob flees, so he gets his he gets his speckled stuff and goes right. He sees he sees um, Laban's sons and all that aren't too happy with what's going on, and he goes right. I'm jumping ship. Takes his wives, takes his takes his thing, does exactly what he did last time he deceived someone, and he runs away. This is exactly how we know that Jacob really hasn't changed from too tough and when um, from what had happened before. Jacob is still the same Jacob. Still ready to deceive, still ready to do some, some tricks to get what he wants, to overstretch and get more than what he should have got, right? Okay. So we're getting towards the end of the story now. But there's a couple more things that happen before we get there. So, what happens when Laban figures out that Jacob's left? He settles down and says, I wish him luck. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens, yeah? <laughs> Anything like Pharaoh did in um, the same thing with Egypt, where he chased them. He doesn't do anything like that. He just lets it be. But, but, but notice how the sons are annoyed. They seem more angry than, than Laban himself, even though it was Laban that made the agreement. Right. So then, so as he's, so, so then what happens after that? 
something happens to make Labour get a bit more angry with the situation. He had a dream. He had a dream, and the dream said that, you know what, if you're going to go ch- go talk to Jacob, don't um, don't bless him or curse him, I think is what the dream said. Basically, be careful about what you do to the Lord's anointed. Basically, I think is what, what the dream was saying, right? But what was he angry about? Why, why, did, why did Labour want to go chase after um, Jacob? Because Jacob just ran off. Jacob took his daughters and fled. Jacob took his daughters. That was part of the reason, yes, but there was something specific. Because his idols went missing. Cool. Labour's idol is gone, right? And what happened? Shouldn't have had them anyway. Yeah, he shouldn't have had them anyway. But what happened was, because Rachel, Jacob's wife, obviously believed in those idols too, for, again, she shouldn't have been doing that either. She took some of the idols and ran away with Jacob. Laban realised the idols were gone and were like, cool, we need to go after Jacob because he's, he's, he's taken the idols. Like, you could have... The deal was our sheep and, you know what, I'm not happy with it, but, you know, whatever. But you took the idols, right? So he comes, um, comes up to Jacob and they have this discussion, right? So... The discussion starts in verse 26. So let's read from 26 to 20. No, from 26 to 35. Chapter. I'm sorry, chapter 31. Twenty-six. Yeah. And Laban said to Jacob, Why hast thou done that thou hast stolen away? There's stolen away an awareness to me and carried away my daughters as captives taken with me with the sword. Wherefore didst thou flee away secretly and steal away from me, and didst not tell me that I might have sent thee away with myth and with songs and with tablets and with harp? Cool. So Labour's like, look, how come you run away? Like, literally, I would have sent you away. Nice. We would have had a little party. I could have said goodbye. We would have kissed each other. And we'll be good. But no, you run away. How come you run away? Right? Verse 28. And has not suffered me to kiss my do- my sons and my daughters. Thou hast now done foolishly in so doing. It is in the power of my hand to do, hurt, to do you hurt. The God of your father spake unto me yesternight, saying, Take thou heed that thou speak not to Jacob, either good or bad. And now, though thou wouldst ah, sorry, and now, though thou wouldst needs be gone, because thou so longest after thy father's house, yet wherefore hast thou stolen my gods? And Jacob says, Huh? <laughs> and Jacob said to unto Laban, Because I was afraid, 
For I said, peradventure thou wouldst take by force thy daughters from me. With whomsoever thou findest um, thy gods, let them not live. Before our brethren discern thou what is thine with me, and take it to thee. For Jacob knew not that Rachel had stolen him. So, so Laban now comes up and he's like, look, I don't know why you ran away. I was ready to do all this thing, all of this thing. Why did you run away? And Jacob said, well, I was a bit scared because how your sons were looking and um, they, they weren't looking too pleased. So it, it kind of made me think, look, I better kind of move before like you take your daughters back, you take everything um, I have back. So then Laban said, well, actually, the reason why I've come here is because you stolen my gods. So Jacob's like, I didn't steal any gods. What are you talking about? Um, go, go search through my stuff. If you find it, then who's got it, you can take. You can kill them. I don't care because I didn't take anything. Right? So this is what happens, right? Verse 33 to 35. And Laban went into Jacob's tent and into Leah's tent and into the two maid servants' tent. But he found them not. Then went he out of Leah's tent and entered into Rachel's tent. Now Rachel had taken the images and put them in the camel's furniture and sat upon them. And Laban searched all the tent but found them not. And she said to her father, Let it not displease my lord that I cannot rise up before thee. For the custom of women is upon me. And he thirsts, but found not the images. Ooh, so who's, who's, who's Rachel been? Why, why, is, why does Jacob love Rachel? She's like a dad. She's, She's like, like him. him. She's like him. She lie. She's like <laughs> him. She love lie. You know, this whole family. Um, Laban love lie. Laban's sister, Rebecca, um... Rebecca loves lie. Uh, <laughs> Rebecca's son Jacob loves lie, and then both together love lie, right? She said, "She said, oh, sorry, I can't stand up. It's my time of the month, so you know I'm just gonna sit." <laughs> and she's sitting on the thing that she stole, right? So Laban didn't find nothing. Wow, mad, right? And then so the story co- continues. Jacob's like, "Look, you didn't find anything. So what are you doing here?" Um, you know, I worked for you 20 years, I worked for you good, and you, you know, you didn't treat me very well. My wages were all over the place for the whole 20 years I was with you. You didn't pay me properly, all the rest of it. Um, and so Laban and Jacob make this covenant to say, look, we're going to leave something right here. And it's going to say, look, if I come over this threshold and I come to meet you, then I know harm is coming my way. And if I, um, and if you do the same, you know harm is coming your way and we'll just leave it here. So we're just going to be separate from now on, right? We don't like each other, basically, is what they're saying, yeah? So they make this covenant. They say, look, this pillar is going to be a witness to this and look, I'm not going to come over there. You're not going to come over here and we'll be fine. But now Jacob has left two areas, both his homeland and now this place where he has spent 20 years of his life and both places he's left in a bad way. People don't like him. People come come ready to kill him and do him hurt because Jacob is acting in a way that his name has decided he is going to act, right? He is 
um, supplanted himself. He's been overreaching. He's been taking things that don't belong to him. He's been slippery. All of the above. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's interesting. Through all of that, God is still protecting him and blessing him as well. Um, God still has a plan for him. And, mm. you know, like, if he hadn't... It's interesting because Laban had a dream, like, previously, didn't he? So, like... Yeah. If if God never actually went to Laban in the dream, I reckon it would have probably been on site. Yeah. Well. So, it's, 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 it's interesting seeing how all this played out. Because mm. if God hadn't done anything... Yeah, this story would have been a lot different. Yo, guys, I have to agree with you there. I feel like if Laban didn't receive the warning that he was given, it would have been a case of not only did he have reason to be vexed because your teeth is God's, but if he really sits down and think about it, he can tell that you swindled him as well. You're leaving with all these animals and things and... You're leaving Christy, a man's leave you're leaving man in just an okay position, you get me? Mm-hmm. That's not no one's gonna have that. No one in this real world that we live in is really gonna think that, oh, this person's got more out of me, but I'm gonna let him leave and I'm gonna let him be okay. Nah, that's that's not reality anymore. Mm. And it's funny you use that word reality, because reality is just about to catch up to Jacob right now. Right? So like this whole situation, you know, God has been looking after him, as we've said, like somehow Jacob, because of this blessing that he got, boy, God has really like done his end of the deal, right? Everything that he did with Laban was successful. He was able to leave Laban's place without being harmed um, and all the rest of it. But right now, retribution is, is, is coming fast. So what happens? What, 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 word does, um, what, what word does Jacob come to after he leaves Laban? Ask that question again, please. Hmm? What happens? What happens now? Laban's, he's just said, he's done this pact with Laban. I'm not going to come there. You're not going to come here. Cool. What, what's the next thing that comes? Um, he had um, a method that Esau is coming to meet him. <laughs> right, Esau's coming to meet him. Not only is Esau coming to meet him, what's happening? Yeah, with 400 men. 400 men, right? <laughs> So and Jacob's even, not panicking. I'm not even sad. I'm not even sad. Like, Jacob is it's a cycle, man, and Esau's coming to have the cycle. That's, what I'm That's it, right? Esau's like, look, I've been waiting, I waited for you for 20 years, bro. I'm still here. Right? 40 men. 400, sorry, 400 men he's coming with Esau. And Jacob's in a panic. Because Jacob ain't got too many men with him. He's got his wives, he's got his sons, he's got some servants, he's got all the flocks and stuff, but ain't. Ain't too many men, fighting men, ready to handle Esau right now, so he's panicking. So what does he do? I think, sorry, can I just say this? I think he's more panicking, not because of the 400 fighting men, but because he knows what he did and why he is in this situation Mm. now. And he feels like there's no escape. And which is very true because... God says you're going to reap what you sow. However, in this situation, 
God has already planned for it to go a certain way. And this is what I feel like he doesn't understand so much because he swindled the blessing away. He would not have had to worry half as much if he got this blessing the way that God had intended for him. Exactly. Imagine the prosperity, the calmness. He would have loved that. His family would have been calm with him. His brother would be calm with him. There'd be no issues. Yep, he never saw his mum again. Yeah, he never saw his mum again. Madness, because you did all that nonsense. Same way his mum never saw her son again. Right? Because of that. Yeah, it's almost like the weight of everything he's done has just come on him now. Like, this is the recompense. Like, (laughs) 400 men. Like, you can't talk your way out of this one. So it's kind of like, yeah. This is it. (laughs) And he tries. So what he does is he goes, right, I'm going to send, I'm going to split up the the camp. Half of you are going to go this way. Half of you are going to go that way. And um, it means if one of you meet the 400 men, the others will go free. So this is what Jacob's doing in his head, right? How do I get out of this situation? And then even after that, he starts sending Esau gifts. He starts sending her, like, here's, here's, some, here's some servants. Here's some livestock. Here's some big look. I'm your servant. Starts coming with all this humble talk. Esau, and Jacob's scared at this point. Scared. So he prays to God and he's asking for deliverance. And he's like, look, God, I need, I need some way to get out of this. You know, I'm your servant. I'm sorry. Da, 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 da. Like, please don't let Esau come and get me. Deliver me, please. Right? Now, how does God answer his prayer? Jacob is now alone. What happens? He sent part of his camp one way, sent part of his camp the other, and he's there alone. In fact, we're going to read it. This is this is the pinnacle of the thing, actually. Um, let's read from 24. Let's read one verse each. And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. Who do you think Jacob thought the man was? Esau. Esau, right? So so Jacob's at night, he sees a man, and he goes, oh, that's Esau. And suddenly they're in this wrestling match, right? But slowly but surely, Jacob's probably thinking, wait a minute, I know Esau was strong, but boy, this is a, this, a, this ain't like wrestling no, no person, right? What happens next? And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. Cool, right? So they've been wrestling all night, right? And you can imagine Jacob's now getting tired. And God, like as, as a man, is now thinking to himself, right, Jacob's getting tired. He's probably gonna run away. What happens when what happens when Jacob gets in a pickle? Right? He runs. So let me just let me just let me just touch his side and his hip went and it just came straight out, right? So then what does Jacob do? Verse twenty six. 
Jacob does something. 26, yeah? Jacob, um, Jacob's, he says, I will not let you go. And they... So it says, and he said, let me go. This is God talking. And he said, let me go for the day breaketh. And Jacob said, I will not let you go except ye bless me. So he's realised who he's dealing He's realised who he's dealing with. He's realised who he's dealing with. And not only is his, his whole thing about, you know, overstretching and all of this, now is that, that trait has come good because now he's overstretching with God. Now he's like, look, I'm not letting, I'm not letting this go until you bless me. Go ahead, Ruben. Just read 20, 27, And he said unto him, What? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel, as a prince has with God. You're breaking and, up a bit. And has prevailed. But yeah. Cool, right? We are seeing that Jacob has been called and identified as a supplanter for the whole last five chapters, you know? Mm. And finally, we're getting to a point when, when God is like, okay, this, this chapter of your life is closed. No more swindling people. You are royalty. I have called you as royalty. I've made you a prince. So this is what you are now. And you've got sway with me. And you've got sway with the men in the nations around you as well. So mm. act, act your place now. Cool. Right, let's deep this even more. Right. Jacob is there wrestling with God, right? He's there. He's, you know, you can imagine um, us wrestling with God, right? In prayer, let's say, and, you know, you're struggling. You're like, I can't, I can't seem to get it right. Um, you know, every, everything seems to be against me. One side, Laban's trying to kill me. Another side, my brother's trying to kill me. And it's my fault. I did all of this. And he's wrestling, he's wrestling, he's wrestling, he's wrestling, he's wrestling. And the culmination of this whole story is found in, in verse 27. Right? Verse 27 says, And he said unto me, unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. What's the significance of that? First time he's been truthful in the whole story. First time he's been truthful in the whole story. When we're wrestling with God and when we're seeking repentance and when we want God to come, we need to accept who we are. Jacob had to say, you know what? My name's Jacob. I've swindled. I've cheated. I've overgrasped. I lied. I even use your name to lie. My name's Jacob. I'm I'm a mess. That's all. That's all God wanted to hear. They wrestled all night, but all God wanted to hear was, you know what? My name's Jacob. So much so that as soon as he said, "My name's Jacob," he said, "You know what? You're not coming out of here, Jacob. 
you came in here, Jacob. You're not coming out of here, Jacob. When we have an experience with God, we may come in in our mess, but we're not leaving with our mess. And so, although Jacob may be wounded from his hip, he's coming out nice. With a new name. No longer can he be called Jacob, Swindler, all the rest of it. He's now coming out Israel. Right? This was really the deliverance that God had, had, had planned for him. Let alone the thing with Esau. The, Esau. the thing with Esau can sort out itself. This is what the deliverance was. Jacob needed to be so to be saved from this more than need to be saved from Esau. Okay, and then just um, just to finish off the story, right? What happens with Esau? They made peace. Um, make peace. He said Jacob is a of having to grovel and everything. He still comes and says, Look, I've I've also changed, I've put it to bed. Um and it's crazy because to him having to hide his family away and you know, really fear for their safety. Um when Jacob meets his brother, when Sorry, Israel meets his brother now. Let's use his big name that he's been given. Mm. He ends up actually presenting his family and saying, look at what God's done for me. And they get to kind of share this beautiful moment as brothers, even with all that kind of negative history past. 100, right? God knew knew Esau's heart already, right? So Jacob was really scared for nothing at this point. But he needed that. He needed all of this to happen so that he could change his character and ultimately change his name. So when he came to Esau, he must have been like, you know what, Esau, uh, I'm, I'm, like, I'm sorry. He's like, you know what, Jacob is cool. Like, we could like keep a family. Jacob was like, look, here's my family. Here's my stuff. Like, I stole all everything from you. Look, here, take it all. Esau's like, look, I don't need your things. I'm good. Like, we're good. And Jacob's like, you know, oh, thank you. And my name's Israel now. Like, you can call me Israel. I'm, not, I'm no longer that guy anymore. Like, that is the experience that Jacob and now Israel had. Like, having that experience changed him. That's why, like, when we're in a, when we feel like we can't deal with a sin and uh, sin is chasing us all over the place. That wrestling with God is so necessary. And while you're wrestling, you need to accept who we are. And in that acceptance, God can then say, cool, that's all I needed. That repentance is all I needed. We're good to go. Like, you can now be called something else. You can now be doing something else. We've got, I've, got, I've done the victory bit already. Jesus has done that bit already. Yeah, Ruben, were you going to say good something? Mm. Uh, different. Um, I'm just asking, asking a quick question. Do you guys, I don't know, based on like your experiences and your, based on the experiences you guys have had with, with your relationship with God, do you feel like you to wrestle with God 
at the beginning of our relationships with God. I think the Bible says um, for, for the throne of grace, but to actually feel like you can is the next thing. Mm. I'm, 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 remember, I'm remembering years ago, and this, this is quite a while ago, um, when I was in a place, like I was feeling, you know, churched and all of this, but I wasn't feeling like I had that relationship with God. And I remember just like praying a prayer constantly for a while. That was just like, Lord, make yourself real for me. And it's funny because I'm realizing I play I prayed that prayer very, very timidly, if you get me. And it's just like one of those things where like I'm wondering, do we get to bang on heaven's door? Russell got bang on heaven's door. I like the way you put it, but um and kind of like, just Lord, show me a change, show me something. Uh, anyway, yeah, that was just a random question I had. I'm actually, sorry guys, I'm just going to come off Nathan's point right there. Um, to suggest that maybe, you know, God didn't, I, I don't believe that God had any pleasure in um, uh, Jacob's fear, if that makes sense. You know, he wasn't there thinking, hi, Jacob's afraid, he deserves it. You know, God wasn't there getting happy with this, but he let him be afraid of what was going to happen because in that fair fear, he was realizing he was not self-sufficient, that he could swindle his way out of a lot, but not everything. So the same way that we've seen at the beginning of this story, you know, he felt like he could be the liar and he could, you know, change things so that they could all suit him. And he realized that actually, he could, but when it came to his life, he couldn't protect that, so he had to run. When he was on his journey, he realized that he couldn't like just handle it himself. He realized that he met with God and that he needed God to sustain him. And when he's come to the end of his journey with Laban now, he's realized that, again, he needed God to kind of create that barrier and to protect him. Yeah? And now he's finally got to that point with, es uh, with Esau, where he's come and he's been acknowledged who he is. Um, and that's actually... It's, it's made like a really kind of surface, um, deep level identity change for him. And so when God is allowing him to go through these things that really seem negative, and no wonder his behavior is almost like coming negative on me, because this is something that this guy's been hurt and he's been cheated before. So in a way, the only thing he knows is to cheat and to hurt other people. But he's now having, he's come to such a realization because he's realized he cannot move forward on his own he cannot protect his own even with his lies that his his whole foundation has changed and so when god lets us go through things like that he's not doing it out of vindictiveness and even out of punishment it's not about us paying what we deserve it's about getting to a point where we actually acknowledge this is god and we are us and we need to claim our identity so that we can recognize his identity as well yeah all right, two Rubens have talked enough. <laughs> I think that's. I think you guys hit it on the head. Um, it's almost like the struggle that he had with God was like a symbol of all of the struggles that he'd been having throughout his life. And it wasn't until the morning that God could save him. Like it was like he had to go through all of that 
he had to go through the pain, he had to go through the fear, he had to go through the loneliness, like for him to really get it. And like him going through all of those experiences led him to the point where he could say, I'm Jacob and now I'm Israel. Any other points? I was going to say, it's quite interesting how first when Jacob did when he saw Esau was bow to him, when in reality that should have been, Esau should have been in the place, Jacob should have been in the place of Esau where Esau was bowing to him. But because of how he gained the blessing in the first place, um, we now find Jacob in a place where he's fearing for his life. He now has to like bow down to Esau when in reality, you know, Isaac promised to Jacob, um, you know, the people will save you and, you know, the nations will bow down to you and, you know, you'll be master over people. Yet here we see Jacob just afraid for his life. Um, and, you know, it makes me think that, you know, sometimes the consequences we reap, there's certain consequences or certain things that we, problems we have to encounter because we try to accomplish things that we think to be in God's will, or, you know, we don't believe that God will um, come through for us, so we do things in our own way. And then we end up just having to be serving or bowing down to people that we didn't really need to, if that makes sense. So, yeah. Michael, I just want to come off that point that you just made. Um, I, it, just, it just really brought something to my mind that Jacob had gained both the blessing and the birthright, but it was not until he recognized his identity in God and kind of towards God that he could actually step into those things, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. He managed to amass a lot of prestige and he's managed to alas, amass like land and children and everything, but he's not really at the point to lead anybody just yet. He's not really at the point to actually be able to appreciate those blessings without looking over his shoulder. And it's only when he has this whole peacemaking experience where the whole story began and also this recognition with God that he's actually able to now step into that mantle of spiritual leader and righteous kind of really blessed man that's got all of these possessions and knows how to move with his flock as well. So, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Cool. Any other comments before we close? No? Okay. Um, Ruben, do you want to say a prayer for us to close, please? Let's pray. No other things that we have all gone through just in this last week. Um, there are different opportunities that are before each of us. And I'm not just talking about the opportunities on a daily basis to do good and to seek you but also those opportunities that we see as defining, you know, working out what careers to do, what jobs to take, um, what uh, education that we have, what people to make friends with and to have in our lives. And we're always doing all these, um, these little moves and reality, they shape us. And through looking at this story this morning, we've been able to see some really messed up people and it begs the question, why would you involve them in your legacy? Because we, we talk about 
the Bible is the story of Jacob and Abraham and all of these men, but really it's your legacy and you trying to show your character to us. And we think, why would you let so many messed up people be involved in your story and kind of throw, throw dirt on your name? But we're in the same boat where why would you want Reuben involved? Why would you want Reese or Michael or any of us involved? How righteous are we to be able to be associated with you? And yet, you know, Reese made that point today and we've seen this in your word that when Jacob was able to be honest and to say, I am a liar, I'm a supplanter. The only way I know is to sneak around. We were able to bring him into his legacy and to bring him to a place where you could let him stand with his chest and to know who he was before you. And I guess what I'm asking is for all of my brothers and sisters, all my friends on here, that you'll lead us to that point of being able to acknowledge who we are in you and to stand in this world as you would have us do. Thank you for bringing us so far through this Sabbath and Lord for the blessings that we are about to receive and what we have received so far. Please help us to see them and open our eyes so that we can be grateful. Through Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Thank you.